Next on BYUSN, the Mount Rushmore of BYU football wide receivers. Does it include Puka Nakua or a certain 6'6", very good wide receiver from Oregon? Ah, uh, the elite one you speak of? Very good. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Tuesday, November 22nd. I am Spencer Linton, alongside my fellow hoodie-wearing friend, Jerem Jordan. It's hoodie weather outside, yes, uh, is. which is my favorite time of year. By the way, 21-year anniversary of Creed's halftime performance at the Dallas Cowboys game. So, celebrate uh, accordingly. We should lead the show with that, that right? That was uh, one of the greatest moments uh, ever, said no one. On today's show, <laughs> David Nixon on the Stanford game. David's going to be out there for Thanksgiving, so hey, put him on game day. Let's go. Women's volleyball, massive senior night matchup with number two San Diego tonight. A lot riding on that match. More on that later. Fred Warner clocks in against uh, the Cardinals on Monday Night Football in Mexico City. And Robert Sala's commitment level with Zach Wilson mm. at the moment. But first, today's headlines. BYU football, we're on to Stanford. Full attention on the Cardinal for the Cougars' final game of the 2022 regular season. Offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick kind enough to share a scouting report of the Cardinal defense yesterday on Coordinator's Corner. Um, they are a physical team that they like to, um, they're, they're what you'd expect with Stanford. They're smart guys that do everything right. They're where they're supposed to be. They fit the runs the way they're supposed to fit. They're where they're supposed to be in coverage. Um, I think they've had some injuries this year and they're a little bit beat up, but uh, they're still competing really hard and they have great length. They're, they're, there's no short guys on that defense. They've got length at every position. BYU 0-2 all time against Stanford. This will mark just the third game the teams have played against each other. Kickoff set for Saturday night at 11 p.m. Eastern. Fred Warner had six tackles a sack and two TFLs in a 38-10 Niners win over the Cardinals on Monday Night Football in Estadio Azteca in Mexico City. New York Jets head coach Robert Sala non-committal on Zach Wilson's status to start this weekend against the Chicago Bears. Has nothing to do with injury, just if Wilson is the guy. Following a 10-3 loss against the New England Patriots in which Wilson completed 9 of 22 pass attempts, for just 77 yards, minus 21 passing yards in the second half. Yeah, it got lit up in the media quite a bit yesterday. Women's volleyball moves down a spot from 17 to 18, plays number two San Diego tonight, 10 Eastern on ESPNU. It's the regular season finale and senior night in Provo. Over the weekend, seven BYU men's swimmers recorded national times. Javier Nicholas had a program record-breaking swim in the 100 butterfly with a time of 46.4 seconds. That puts him 29th in the country right now. Mackenzie Miller was the only BYU woman to swim a national time at the Missouri Invite. All rise and shout. It is time for What's Trending. What's Trending, presented by Bodyguards Protection for a Life Worth Living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Without question, Puka Nakua, a very special player, an NFL talent. We are looking at his career numbers today and projecting what we think he's going to do over the next two games and maybe next year as we discuss the Mount Rushmore of BYU football wide receivers. Jerem, what does Puka Nakua need to do in the final two games against Stanford? and a bowl game 
to be included in BYU's wide receiver Mount Rushmore. Look, Puka's awesome. I'll get to that in a second. Um, But in terms of uh, who's on the Mount Rushmore, he's not on it for me. And a lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, not being here for three or four years. Uh, Obviously went to Washington, eventually comes around to BYU, which is awesome. Not being healthy. And, uh, you know, I'm awarding my Mount Rushmore Award sustainability. Ah, yes. Uh, You know, three-plus years here. Doing it over time. Not being injured. Singular seasons, yeah, whether that's up to you or not, it's part of the conversation, right? Sometimes it happens to you. Sometimes you you get hurt or whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Puka's awesome. Well, let's just attack Puka right now. He's got seven 100-yard games in two years receiving. That's awesome. The 75-yard play to open the season on offense, incredible. We'll remember that for a long time. Boise State catch. We're going to remember that forever. That was an incredible catch and a huge win this season. 15 total touchdowns in 20 games. That's a fantastic ratio, right? He might be in the playmaker Mount Rushmore at receiver for BYU. Sure. Overall, like, uh, playmaking, Glenn Kozlowski, Reno Mahe, Cody Hoffman, like, Austin Collie. Mitch Matthews against Nebraska. Mitch against Nebraska in that in that particular game. Unbelievable play, right? Last 20 years, he's he's one of the top four, I, w- I would say. Overall, historically, I, I don't put him in the top four, and there's nothing he can do in the last two games. Now, if he comes back next year and he's here for three years, now he's got a chance perhaps to crack it. Yes. But probably not. Um, yeah, probably not, which I'll get to my Mount Rushmore in a moment. He's on the Independence Era Mount Rushmore of BYU football. Yeah, that's not a thing we're no. doing, but I guess we are right now. Yeah, We could qualify it of there. receivers? Yes. Sure. Yeah, with Cody Hoffman and, and Mitch Matthews. I spent all my time this morning thinking about all time. Oh, so, yeah, oh, so, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I, I say that in jest as we look at BYU no, winding down it seriously. in the Independence like, Era. Yeah, yeah. But Puka Nakua, even if he has all-world performances against Stanford – and comes down with a huge game-winning catch again against Stanford and does something special in the bowl game, there's just not enough material there to earn a spot on BYU's all-time Mount Rushmore of wide receivers. You just have to have three to four years of playing consistently. By the way, I had an AirPod in the whole time and no one told me. It's okay. I, I thought you. I had was it. watching the World Cup no, no, and I, I forgot. I thought you had your AirPod in because you wanted to multitask. That's my bad. Which is totally fine. Hold on, yeah, go ahead and make that deal. <laughs> what, what in the world am I doing? No, this is what you do. What people don't know is you have your AirPod in. When I start to answer, you just turn on some music so you I don't just, have to it's, listen it's to me. Noise just canceling. I'm like, just Spencer. tell me in my right ear, which has an earpiece, and I. Oh my gosh. You're what? gonna listen to my opinion whether you like it or what? not. What in the world did I just do? No, there, there's nothing that Puka Nakua can do in no. two games. to ascend to the Mount Rushmore of BYU football wide receivers. We need more. If he decides to come back for another year and throws down a 1,300-plus year with 10-plus touchdowns, then he's in the conversation. I don't even know that that would put him there. It still doesn't. But now he's a top-10 receiver and making his way up those ranks. But it's okay. It's it's okay. Puka Nakua can be an unbelievable playmaker and – when it comes to like the ability to make a big catch, he he can be like one of the best in that regard. That's why I put him on the playmaking. Yes, Mount Rushmore. But if we're talking about like yeah. career numbers, just didn't do just, enough. Just not enough time, and he yes. was injured for a good deal of the season. Had to miss a handful of and games. And that's part of the conversation. We, we that's a tricky, slippery slope. If you're like, well, if they were healthy, it's like, well, if Taysom Hill is healthy the whole time, are you yes. saying he's on par with like McMahon, Detmer, Young? Because I'm not. Like. 
he maybe enters the B conversation. I, t- Hill, to me, is like in the C conversation yeah. among that group of quarterbacks. That's how good awesome. the quarterbacks have been. But he's not even in the B, right? Zach Wilson entered the B level with that 2020 yeah. season. Nakua would need to be an All-American next year to now move toward the conversation. He yeah. would need to have an yeah. Austin Collie junior season type year. He's great. To go there. But hasn't done enough. Okay, you ready for the Mount Rushmore? All right, Rushmore? Give, me your, give me your Mount Rushmore. Okay, I, it depends what you value in this conversation. Okay, um, career, single season, what role does health play, playmaking ability, athleticism, yards, catches, touchdowns. I did the latter. Like, if you, if you put it up over several years, that's high in my book. So, yeah. I picked the only four guys that are top ten in yards, catches, and touchdowns. I know. Oh, I'm glad. You're going you're gonna to go with Aust- somebody that deserves it. Austin, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Austin Collie. Is the greatest receiver in BYU history? No questions asked. He, he did, did what? He, he did three, three years. seasons. Three years. Cody Oppens, number one in all three of those categories. He's number two all time. Eric Drage is right there as well. And Phil Odell. You yep. may not heard of Phil Odell, but for 35 years he owned all the records. He 25 years he owned all the records till Matt Bellini showed up and and helped smash some of those, and then those kept getting broken. Honorable mention, Margin Hooks, Matt Bellini, Mark Bellini, Mitch Matthews, Glenn Kozlowski, Puka's in that conversation. Those four guys are the guys. The top two are, are clearly there. Eric Drage, clearly there. And then Phil Odell led BYU in all those categories. 5'11", 190, just did tremendous work in the 60s with yes. Virgil Carter. Yes. And after Virgil for a year, Phil Odell, you may not have heard of him, but on this program, we remember those guys like Mel Hutchins and Roland Minson. And everybody from every era, we try to honor the legacy of those guys. Like, Bill Russell isn't a lesser player in the NBA history. Certainly not. He is, he is right there, even though it was in the 60s, right? He did what he did in three seasons. 65, 66, 67. The original Austin Collie. Exactly. Phil Odell. That's exactly right. And in an era where college football was dominated by the run game, and this was pre-Lavelle Edwards and his pass-happy attack when he took over as the head coach in the early 70s. This was five to seven years before that. Phil Odell broke some barriers at BYU in the receiving category, got drafted by the Detroit Lions, played in Detroit for three years, and he was BYU's first great receiver. He deserves to be on Mount Rushmore. In fact, I had him third and Eric Drage fourth. I mean, we're you know, splitting hairs. So you have point. the same four? Same four. Oh, Austin wow. Colley, okay. Cody nice. Hoffman, Phil Odell, number three, and Eric Drage at number four. It was Eric Drage who finally broke most of Phil Odell's records at BYU. When you do what you did in, in three years from 65 to 67, come on. Freshman couldn't play in the NCAA for Phil Odell made our top 100 BYU football play show a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. We, we tried to get Phil in the show. He deserves to be we there. We respect Phil that much. I had a hard time deciding who I would make the fifth. I'm like, who's the first guy off the mountain? Because that's where it gets really, really interesting. I have a name. Margin who, Hooks, maybe? Margin Hooks. Here's why. He's, uh, he is fifth uh, in catches and yards. In BYU history. He wasn't and a big touchdown a guy. He had no. 14 career touchdowns. He's 20th in BYU history. Yeah, and Phil Odell had 24 touchdowns in his three seasons. Machine. Right? So uh, Virgil's Eric, main target. All of the guys on Mount Rushmore, again, were so complete and had full careers of either three to four years. Austin Collie's the clear number one. 
And that's taking nothing away from Cody Hoffman and Drage and Phil Odell. Austin Collie was a special, special player. If he comes back another year, no one touches no. that maybe ever. Like maybe ever. He had over 1,500 yards receiving his junior season. Yeah, he was awesome. That is unbelievable. Great. So I really had a good time looking back on the history and the numbers. When you, when you get down to like five, six, seven, eight, nine, that, that gets fun. And it just made yeah. me think like we need to do top 10 shows for all of the individual yeah. positions Absolutely. over the summer. We need to do it with running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, linebackers. We need to let do me, this. Let's not do it with uh, kickers and punchers, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and so listen, if Puka had been here four years and he had put up numbers All-timer. and been healthy. All-timer. He could have cracked that. But it takes a lot. Like, you've got to be awesome. By the way, yeah. there are more great tight ends here than receivers. This, is, this school has had tremendous tight ends. Like, when you look at a lot of those numbers. The receiving a, category. It's a lot of Dennis Pitta, yes. although we don't have time for him today. It's a lot of Chris Smith. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of Johnny Gordon Harling, Hudson. Gordon Hudson. All these guys. Like, Clay Brown. Like, no. Yeah, Clay Brown might be the best of them. Like, Gordon Hudson, uh, you know, probably the best. But, like, unbelievable stuff from these guys. I would argue the tight ends have been a stronger position group historically at the top than the receivers here. And typically, you only have one on the field. That's saying so that's, something. That says a lot. When you are a quarterback factory school, that the tight ends – are right there, if not greater, as a collective group all-time than BYU's wide receivers. It says a lot about BYU's ability to recruit a certain position. Absolutely. Because, uh, let's be honest, a lot of these guys are like possession receivers, if you will. But they went and made a lot of plays. And they were uh, in big games more than that. And Austin Collie was an NFL guy. Cody Hoffman, disappointingly, wasn't much of an NFL guy. I don't think he played in an NFL game on the 53. Maybe he did he, sparingly. No, no, he didn't. He, he got into he was the practice preseason. Squad and yeah, then, yeah. Which was a bummer because Cody was like one of the greatest ever. I have number two. You do too. Um, Drage, not much in the NFL. Phil Odo a little bit in the NFL, right? He hasn't had that yes. guy, yes. unfortunately. So I was thinking about the apex. Although Austin would have without the concussions. Like he was leading the NFL in receiving yards and touchdowns and catches. He was a sp- Like six star. games in with the Broncos. Until he got a concussion. He was a Another rookie one. star yeah. with Peyton Manning. Went to a Super Bowl. Yeah. I, Sorry, with the Colts. Yeah, so like the apex mountain moment for each of these receivers. thought, okay, well, for Austin Collie, do you have a singular moment where you think, okay, that was Austin's Colorado greatest moment? Colorado, Colorado State, State one-handed, one-handed catch down the, the sideline. He falls down. All right. Utah State. Same uh, thing? Oh, same wait, type of deal? Fends the guy off. With the left hand goes in, like so many. Okay. Then Eric Drage, 97 yard catch against Utah for Eric Drage. Longest pass play in BYU history. Unforgettable moment. Yep. The play we had in the top 100 from Phil Odell was a game winner in a closely contested game. I don't remember who or his apex, but I want to say it was like Colorado State or something like that. Anyway, an important game in a WAC championship clinching scenario, like a really, really important game. Uh, and then Cody Hoppen, the catch against Georgia Tech, where the defender yeah. is just draped on his back and yes. dragging him down, his pass interference, yes. and somehow he catches the ball flying directly over his head, like, like Willie Mays style, right? Just cradles the incredible catch. They all have like these unforgettable moments. Yes. And I love that's part of the conversation as well. Pukas is obviously going to be the Boise State Boise catch. State, it's his ability to just run the ball yes. on jet yeah. sweeps. Just got a text from someone important that said, hey, where's, where's Kaz? Kaz is on the playmaking Mount Rushmore. And, and he should be honorably mentioned as well. His yes. moment? He's in the honorable mention Was in the national championship yeah. game. Yes. 
catching that pass from Robbie Bosco in the back of the end zone where they, yeah. his teammates joked that Robbie was just throwing it out of bounds and Kozlowski happened to be there and bail him yeah. out and catch no, a touchdown. No, Koz is all over this thing. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. No, no, no. He's not in the top four. But, he's but got, he's he's got a case right to there. be like number five along yes. with margin hooks. He's right there. Absolutely. Playmaking top four, Koz is on that Mount Rushmore. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm trying to think who else. Who else would I we think put we on tried, the playmaking? Because he tried to kiss four. me on set, I put him down low. <laughs> <laughs> he would he would have been firmly fifth, but now he's now he's eleventh. You know, I just wasn't ready for that. I guess. Okay, another name I do want to mention that maybe kind of you know glossed over a little bit is Mark Bellini. Mark no, Bellini. I put Mark in my honorable mention. Yeah, Mark like Bellini Mark, had a great career. Let me give and you. He was a touchdown machine. Let me give you a number here. Okay. Um, so I, I, I combined, like, okay, what's your rank in catches, yards, touchdowns, and what is that total? Okay, Mark took sixth in that. Yes. Okay, he took sixth in that. Incredible. Like, Mark is one of the – Mark might be the most underrated player uh, receiver. We're just going to go there. History. Maybe most underappreciated receiver. Because we think of history. Matt first. Mm-hmm. Mark was – Matt was a running back who happened to play, like, split wide receiver. He was kind of like a hybrid running back well, receiver. Well, he has, like – 2,600 receiving yards? You're not a running back. But he's back listed as a point. running back? Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that, so that the, Bel- crazy. the Bellini brothers, they're the best brother P- tandem. Puka. Eh, Samson's like, what about my one year and my Utah catch? <laughs> Although Samson didn't have the numbers, but yeah, I feel you. <laughs> All right, time to fun, get to voice combination. Yes. Like, yeah, fun Really combo. interesting conversation. And a credit to Puka Nakua for being so good that it takes us there. Okay, real quick. The same person. I'm not going to say Ask Jim McMahon and Mark Wilson. Mike Cronister. Cronister hey, was in consideration yes. here. Yes. Yep, Mike Cronister. Jay Miller, 73, was unbelievable. Yep. Just trying to make well, sure we, we say everyone's like, names. So we no were talking mad. like individual seasons, <laughs> like single seasons. Oh, Jay Miller, Jay Miller, 73. Season. He had 100 catches in 73. Wild. Got uh, Gary Shady the Sammy Ball. How about that? Yeah, there you go. You're welcome, Gary. And they, they kept him in the game against UTEP, I think, to get, like, <laughs> the catches. Yeah, awesome. Our question of the day. Who's on your Mount Rushmore of BYU receivers? And is Pukunakua there? At Twiggy or Stone on Twitter answers, that is tough. There have been a lot of great receivers at BYU. Yep. Austin Colley has to be one of them. I probably round out my list with Drage, Hoffman, and Matthews. Wow, Mitch Matthews gets some love from Twiggy or Stone. Mitch is definitely on he's, the honorable mention He's list. top 10 guy for me, yeah, for sure. He's top 10. Top 10 guy for me. His unique uh, frame, obviously. The Nebraska, like His it, playmaking like ability. The Nebraska play obviously puts him in there with his career, and he scored a ton of touchdowns. Well, and he was an Aggie killer, too. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. There have been so. a lot of those in BYU history, <laughs> let's be honest. Twiggy or Stone says, Puka is close, but not quite at that level yet. Honorable mention to Bellini. Which one? Probably <laughs> Mark. Both. Probably Mark. Both. I loved watching him play. Hashtag BYUS and to join the conversation. Okay, tonight we got the final BYU football with Klein Stocke show, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Cougars beat Utah Tech, playing Stanford. Bunch of seniors on set. That'll be fun. Chase Roberts in the film room. Houston Haymuli's Deep Blue. Up next, former BYU and NFL linebacker, our good friend David Nixon joins us next. Yeah. As our defensive guy today, we've talked a lot of wide receivers. Now we're going to talk defense. Is he licking his chops thinking about what BYU faces in a lackluster Stanford offense? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living.
Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in studio. Be with your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. I am Spencer Linton. To my left sits Jerem Jordan. We have moved over to the Cougar Council Room to have our conversation. We're the needs of the ward. <laughs> with former NFL and BYU linebacker David Nixon. D-Nix, welcome to the, the show, man. <laughs> Feels good to be here. Feels good to be here. Feels like this is, might be tithing settlement. And a few move-ins. Are they taken care of? We were just talking about the greatest receivers to ever play the game at BYU. Yeah. You had the privilege to play alongside closely with one of them in Austin Collie. He's the, the clear the number greatest. one. Yeah. The clear He's number the best one to us. Ever. What was it like to be Austin Collie's teammate when you're a defender and you know your offense needs to go out and score a touchdown and he and Max Hall and Dennis Pitta take the field? I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many times there were third downs, third and five, six where typically the, well, the, the, the coach are yelling, punt alert, punt alert, like get ready, you got, you know, we're about to have to maybe punt it. And us defense, we just sit there, like, no, we're good, we're good, thank you. We know they're going to get a first down, we'll just keep relaxed, I don't need to exert any energy to get up. Here's the stiff arm, boom. I mean, honestly, there was, we had so much confidence in them. And keep in mind, we're, I was coming off John Beck with Johnny Harleen and Austin and the rest of the crew, right, um, prior, and so for, for – for me, it was a lot of confidence and in, in just knowing that those guys just seamlessly carried on what, what John had kind of started. And Max comes in, picks up right where he left off, and then Austin just, just balled out into this thing. And uh, it was awesome. It was fun to watch. I mean, they made some big explosive plays, right? And, and those guys, you could depend on them to come up with, with those plays and, and kind of carry the offense. There were a couple of games where we had some shootouts, and, and we need the offense to produce. Um, and then, of course, there were some games where it's defense. We stepped up. And so it was, it was a nice kind of give and take throughout the season. But yeah, Austin was special, and it was, it was fun to see his competitive side as well. We always talk about the competitive side of Max, but Austin's just as competitive. Yes. And, and it, was, it was fun to kind of watch them do their thing, along with Dennis Pitta, throw him in the mix, um, Harvey Younger, running back. And we had, we had Like, those guys are offense. top five at their position, probably, in, in BYU history. Max is a fun combo because that's a loaded room. But Harvey and Dennis, for sure, it's and, up And I think that's what was so tough to defend BYU. Okay, so you want to go double-team Austin? Great. You got Dennis running up the seam. Or you got you got Harvey coming out of the backfield on an option route. Good luck, right? I mean, you had you had a one on one somewhere, and one of those three guys was going to beat you. And and sure enough, we did. I mean, nobody could stop him. And then I just you know, spread him out. It was it was pretty fun to watch. And those guys, uh, they're still studs. You got you know all of them in the coaching, uh, helping out some way or another because they're they're carrying on with what they knew. And uh, yeah, absolute studs. We were talking about Puka Nakua being a top four guy in just his playmaking ability because. The Mount Rushmore is based largely on career numbers, but Puka Nakua's just downright playmaking ability puts him on that Mount Rushmore. That's right? what, yeah, and that's what we were talking about. Like, yeah, he doesn't have the sustained sort of career of of just the two years, probably right, and and injuries and whatnot. But like, if you need a, a play, like game changer, yeah. Glenn Kozlowski, Mitch Matthews, Austin Cody, obviously, like he's up there. Oh, I I mean. I would put Austin, him, 1A and 1B. I mean, as far as playmaking. As far as playmaking. Yeah, stats. He's obviously not going to have stats. Yeah. two years, right? Yeah. But when you talk about needing to play and, and going up and getting the ball and, and just dominating, I don't know how you couldn't put it up there in at least the top two. I mean, I, I love Cody. I love Mitch. Um, but, but Puka's ability and the catches he's made this year with the, the toe tapping – um, you know, and then one thing we didn't see from all those other receivers was the run game. Mm -hmm. The way that Puka gets involved in the fly sweep game and, and the quick bubble screens and the way he's able to turn those into positive gains. And the thing I love about Puka that he doesn't get a lot of credit for 
It's his first contact. When's the last time we saw him come down on first on first contact? So physical. Never. Every single time he has a spin move where he actually spins back inside, which is pretty dangerous, but shows you how you know how how much he cares about the game. But the, the ability for him to spin back inside and pick up an extra five yards almost every single time uh, is pretty impressive. And and, I, and then I think the last part is just the emotional side of it. All those guys we mentioned, Cody maybe kind of quiet, more a little more quiet. Um, but when Puka gets up, I mean, you can tell he commands that offense. He's going to slap you in the head, and literally. He is, he is going gangbusters. I think back to the Utah game whenever the he, was it, he scored or Samson, Samson scored. Samson scores. He runs off the sideline, and they're jumping up and down. I mean, that is Puka Nakua to a T, the way that he just loves the game. And I'm telling you, stuff like that's infectious. Like the, the, that, that riles up the team, and guys catch on to that, and they want to be at that level. And I'm telling you, it, 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 it pumps the whole team up. And it's a bummer this year. We didn't get to see him healthy the whole entire year. I think that's that's the biggest bummer was that you know he was injured the first game on or a last, kind of a, or last year he had a hamstring. Yeah, the first I mean this month. year the meaningless kind of fly sweep. We're already killing USF and gets you know tangled up and and then the hamstring and so it's just yeah it's unfortunate. But when he did play, he he was unstoppable. Honestly, he was unstoppable. Special player took the first plate from scrimmage this season. <laughs> Set the tone to the house for a touchdown. That was amazing. What's the case for Puka Nakua? to play one more year at BYU? Hmm. It's a tough case. Uh, <laughs> because, uh, you know, we talked about in the post-game show, I mean, a lot of these guys, if you're going to be, if you're going to get drafted high, you, you got to go. you got to get your money. But if you're gonna Is be, he going to be drafted high? And that's a big question. I, I, I think I that, that'll that be the feedback he'll, he'll get. I mean, the, the Boise State game definitely helps his draft stock. Sure. What, what he does against Stanford in, in a bowl game, if he plays in the bowl game, will help his. Will obviously help his. He's got a great film against Baylor from last year. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he's got the film on there, and, and I think for him, the, the the compelling pitch is come back and hopefully play a whole season healthy, right? Um, and play against great competition, where now there's no reason that you know the, the scouts and and GMs and stuff can't sit back and say, oh, well, that was against. You know, East Carolina, who the, still good, but this schedule kind, was kind of good pick enough. apart the schedule. Was it not? This schedule was good enough. Yeah, the problem was he wasn't healthy the whole season for that schedule, right? And so next year, that schedule will be obviously top to bottom strong enough that he can stay healthy and put up big numbers. Um, it'll be compelling. But the other part of that is, is Jaron coming back? Yeah. You know, and, and I feel like I, they have to be a tandem because I, if Jaron doesn't come back, should Puka come back, not knowing what the quarterback situation is going to be agree. like? I would agree. I would agree. I think I think they've got to be. If they're not texting or calling each other right now on a daily basis, I'd be shocked. Honestly, <laughs> maybe they're waiting until after this week. They might use WhatsApp, like, <laughs> yeah, they, they might use Telegram or something. But I, I would say, you know, they might let this week go through and, and kind of get through the end of the season. I remember that's how it was with me. I kind of didn't want to talk about anything or talk with agents or anything until after the. I remember the last I kept game. pestering you, David, 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 yeah. you going pro? Yeah, What's going you, on, man? Yeah, I was wondering. And you were like, hey, after the season. After, after the season, I'm a senior. I have to go. Uh, <laughs> But I, I would say for them, uh, wait till this, wait till the Stanford's game over, and then it's full court press, talking with the coaches, talking with each other. Because I agree, if Puka comes back and Jaron's not here to throw to him, and you're having to deal with some new some new guy who you don't know at this but point. But what if it's P five awesome guy? We'll see. Like we'll see. Like I think we ought to show a little bit of confidence that BYU's going to bring in a baller. We've never really had an issue with QB, right? Like at BYU, we're like that guy is typically going to be so really good. So that brings up the other conversation for this year for Jaron to leave. If he can leave and get drafted somewhat higher, just get drafted, then at least BYU can take say, listen, we got Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall. Any transfer come here, right? Your your pitch is that much stronger because you just look at the recent um, kind of track record. 
with Zach Wilson, now Jaron Hall, if he leaves. Do you even take it back to Taysom Hill, David? You got Taysom. Do you know yeah, about he, Taysom I'm extremely confident is going to have a very good quarterback next year. Yeah. I just yeah. am. I'm not worried. I'm yeah. not worried. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're hearing, we're hearing rumblings. People are reaching out, and, uh, you know, there's, there's stuff moving. If this shaking. coach goes to this school, does that player be a bit like, yeah. who not? There are, th- there are opportunities. This is uh, QBU more than any other position. Yeah, I'm not that worried. Like, and I just think Puka's gone, period. Like, I just think he's done what he, he can do. Yes, he could come back and try and play through that. He's done with school. But I mean, he's been in school for a long time. You want to be done? I don't want to do homework anymore. Not yeah. everyone loves play, school, by the way. I want to play football. Yeah, I, I didn't love school. Like, I enjoyed going to BYU and going to the classes, but I didn't enjoy the homework. I came to learn how to broadcast. <laughs> and once I graduated, I just broadcast. Like, no one's asked for my GPA. No one's questioned my uh, what degree I've had in anything. You know what I mean? There are certain fields where it's just whatever. All right, we need to ask you about Stanford. It's guaranteed that we will see Jaron Hall and Puka Nakua and the BYU offense play against Stanford. What do you expect from BYU against a Cardinal team that beat Notre Dame this year, by the way, in South Bend, but has been just on this descent down into the basement of college football. So what do you expect? Listen, if there's anything I can expect from uh, BYU playing another opponent, is that other opponent is somehow going to rise to the occasion and fall out <laughs> against BYU. It just shoot, somehow happens shoot. every single time. Uh, but no. I, I, listen, I think this is a, this is a BYU team that, that obviously has some defensive issues. They made some adjustments. Um, I, I feel like they really have gotten better every week with those adjustments that have been made. Uh, but keep in mind with the defense as well, this is a defense that's been struggling with uh, injuries. And you've had guys that have been coming and going. And now with Peyton Wilgar pretty much being out, you know, a lot of these guys have, have realized this is my starting role. And I've Max been, not listed in the two deep this week either. Max has been banged up. He hasn't played for quite some time. And so I think a lot of these guys have gotten those game reps and know that this is my spot. They're not wondering, hey, if Max is a game-time decision, is he going to come back or not? Am I going to start or not? It's pretty much definitive at this point, right? And so I think that helps some of these younger guys and uh, some of these guys have tried to fill those spots. Get ready. Um, offensively, we're seeing them there. I think Jaron's shoulder every week gets healthier and healthier. I think this last week at Utah Tech, he made some throws that he hasn't made in quite some time. Some great throws. Um, and, and so I think that that's helping. So I think everything's trending in the right direction. But that being said, you're, they're still a P5 school. Uh, it's at their house. It's their last game of the year. That's an emotional game. This is a neutral site game, let's be honest. <laughs> Thanksgiving weekend at Stanford. Okay, okay, well, we usually see what the crowd is. Uh, see for Stanford. Yeah, see, point. I mean, there, there, there's some emotional things in play for Stanford, uh, you know, and, and for BYU. Can they put it together? It's actually an intriguing game. Yes, BYU on paper should go there and blow them out. But when you add all the emotion, eh. I mean – yeah, we'll see. Yeah, BYU by a touchdown is BYU, what I think eight, would be fair. Eight-point favorite, I think I saw. Yeah. Eight-point favorite one that Listen, we for BYU this year, yeah. that's a blowout. I'll take eight-point eight favorites. Are we going to be that picky? They won't either. They won two FPS games by three points. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, they, and you Plus look at the, you look Stanford offensively. Yeah. They're only putting up 360 yards a game. No, that's bad. Uh, they're, they're one of the worst in the country in running the ball. They're averaging like 116 yards on the ground. Um, so – Toby Gearhart isn't walking through that door. No. Or Christian or McCaffrey, Chris McCaffrey, McCaffrey, for that matter. Yeah, I wanted to go few. deeper, but yeah, light <laughs> running back. I, it, it, will, it will be interesting to see how BYU comes out. I, it really, it's an interesting game. I think for BYU, this is a monumental game in the fact that build on something for this season. Obviously, this season's been a little bit of a letdown, but – Get to it, eight. There's, you, you get to eight, you salvage something, and you get some yeah. momentum going into next year. That's the biggest thing. You've got to win this one. You've got to win the bowl game and have some type of momentum to build upon as you head into a, a pretty important key offseason with so many moving parts with guys transferring in or out. Yes. Uh, you've got, got to get ready for the new conference. I mean, there's a lot 
this next offseason is going to be super busy. I mean, we'll see with the coaching, what happens there. Mm, right. You know, there, yeah. there's going to be a lot of changes, I think, yeah. around here. And I think having at least some stability of, hey, we went out, we, we struggled, we, we, we did well early, we had a lull, and we finished strong. I think that will be huge for this program. Great stuff with David Nixon. If BYU beats Stanford, they guarantee a winning season. How about that? You Do it. guarantee it regardless of what happens in the bowl game. <laughs> yeah, that's right, because you can <laughs> you can still have a losing one. More David coming up tonight. Oh, geez. Yeah. Let's go. After further review, reviews the Utah Tech game. David blew all of his good answers right here. He's going to have his secondary answers coming up later at 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Up next, will Jamal Williams be able to do something on a football field that hasn't happened since 2002? We'll discuss. It's been 20 years. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Make sure you follow the program on social media. It's called BYU Sports Nation. It's right here. Uh, not Sports Nation, that's ESPN. But uh, anyway, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, we're on there. He's Jerem. I am Spencer. Let's whip it! Cougar Whip Around presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. In his press conference yesterday, Jets coach Robert Sala said the following. He said they're going to have to evaluate game tape from yesterday. We'll keep everything on the table in regards to the starting quarterback will be on Sunday, not committing to Zach Wilson. Do you expect Zach Wilson to start versus the Bears? Yes, because even though Robert Sala said that, I think he's monitoring everything closely and how the team is responding and Quinn and Williams and some other key defenders went up to the podium and defended Zach Wilson and said, we know what work he's put in his heart. We're going to rally around him. <coughs> Excuse me. I think when all the it's dust an settles, emotional thing. when the dust settles, Robert Sala will give Zach Wilson another shot against the Chicago Bears. I think he'll start as well, but what we didn't hear was those who aren't rallying around him based on those comments. Sure, so, his wide receivers so are frustrated. It's tough. They're not going to give them the mic, right? So he's got some damage control to do in that locker room because that comment Sunday didn't go well. No, and the body language on the field from his wide receivers and some of the other offensive players while these things are happening, not great. Zach has to be a leader. He's got to go talk to these guys, which I'm sure he is doing in the locker room, to try and win them back for at least one more game, but I think he's going to start against the Bears. All right, Jamal Williams on the other end of the NFL spectrum. He's having a Pro Bowl-type season, Jerem. He's asking fans to vote for him to go to the NFL Pro Bowl. Will he be the first offensive player out of BYU to get to the Pro Bowl since Chad Lewis did it back in 2002? He's got to be one of the top three in the NFC. Uh, hopefully. I'm not sure. I hope his touchdown total gets him there. Hopefully it keeps it going. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't think he's one of the top three running backs in the NFC right now. But his touchdown total is awesome, and he's been amazing. Hopefully it will. Maybe someone doesn't want to go. He gets that extra spot or something. But Jamal's playing like a top 10 running back in terms of the ability to finish at the goal line, maybe even top three, sure. you argue, right? So, I'm not sure he's going to make it to the Pro Bowl, but that would be really cool. I'd like to see his numbers in yards per game climb up a little closer to the century mark. He's at 67 yards a game. If he can push that up towards 80 and continue like this touchdown streak, then yeah, Then perhaps the touchdowns make him... Get him into and the And his personality Bowl. maybe he, gets him over the hump there, right? Without question. It, this, in a lot of ways, it's a popularity contest 
and he is at the top of the charts in the popularity contest. I'm not sure if there's a fan base that knows how to sort of jimmer a pole and maybe help with that or anything. If we find them, we'll let you know. Yeah. Women's volleyball has a 28-match WCC home win streak dating back to 2019. San Diego, the last team to beat BYU at home. Will BYU pull off the upset tonight against number two San Diego? Oh boy. I want so badly to say yes, that this streak will continue. Like, San Diego has come in before as a number two team into the Smithfield house, but haven't really been the number two team. This is at the end of the season. The Toreros are legit. They deserve the number two ranking. I think it's too much to ask BYU to expect them to win at home. So I, I don't think so. I think San Diego's gonna end BYU's home streak. As much as I hate saying that, they are so good. They could win the national championship, Jeremy. Last Thursday, San Diego went to five with LMU and was down, uh, you know, the multiple sets and 9-6 in the fifth. Perhaps there's something, some vulnerability BYU can exploit that LMU did on Thursday. I hope. And somehow pull that up because I think BYU's ability to host the first and second round are contingent on tonight's result. 100%. I'm not sure BYU hosts without a win tonight. And they haven't been on the road for the first and second rounds outside of the COVID-21 spring since 2014. Now that year they did make a run to the national title game, but I don't think this roster is like that roster. It's certainly a good to very good BYU team. It's not one of those great BYU women's volleyball teams though. If they win tonight, however, maybe they take, take a step in a direction that we haven't seen quite yet because they, they played a really tough schedule this They're year. They're lacking the signature they win. Only, yeah, they've beaten Pepperdine and LMU on the, uh, you know, twice good each, awesome. But beating San Diego would be something that, incredibly yes, amazing. That would be the same for sure. Here's what I don't like. San Diego may have woken up after the scare against LMU. Perhaps. I don't like Hopefully that. Hopefully it was a vulnerability. Saudi Arabia upsets Argentina this morning in the World Cup. Great goal Just the Saudis. Crazy, Jeez. crazy upset. What's the BYU equivalent of the Saudi Arabians beating Argentina? Ranked 51st in the world. Argentina had won like 36 games in a row. I don't know, like if the 2017 team beats Alabama. <laughs> like, in football. I'm talking football. Like that was, uh, I don't know. No, I don't know. The 2019 team beating Alabama. No, I'm, I'm going to go to the same year. BYU men's basketball going to the kennel in Spokane and beating the number one ranked undefeated Gonzaga Bulldogs who went on to play in a national championship game. That BYU team was one and done in the NIT. Bad, like, bad BYU team. No business winning, period, against Gonzaga, let alone at the kennel on their senior night and spoiling their undefeated season. Like, that's the equivalent of the Saudis beating Argentina. That was amazing. And the Saudis deserved it, dude. It wasn't lucky. No, they, they won they that won game. They won that game. Women's basketball returns home to host Carroll College tomorrow for Eastern on the BYU TV app. Up next, a couple of national champions in the house. BYU men's soccer represented by Ben Fankhauser and Tice Call. Yeah! Got that national championship swag in Studio B next. How'd they get it done? We'll discuss next on BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. We're back in the Cougar Council Room to hang out with a couple of national champions representing BYU men's soccer. Yeah. We gave them the karma. They took it. They beat the Gophers. They took care of business and brought back 
an 11th or maybe 12th national championship? Have we decided on what is it, guys? What it is? How many do you have? You'll have to check. You'll have to check for us. <laughs> it's a lot. We'll just leave it at that, right? Double digits. Chris Watkins was a player in the 90s on the first team, by the way, in 93. Wow. Now That's how far back it goes. Coaching the B or the Gonzaga women now. He was at BYU with Jen Rockwood forever. How about that? Well, it's uh, Ben Fankhauser and Tice Call with us. Um, congratulations. You know, all joking aside, incredible run that uh, your team had this year. Um, ben, let's start with you. What did it mean to win another national championship? Oh, that's me. Um, well, it, it just meant the world to me. It was good to go out in a bang. This is my senior season, so... Um, I came back to play with my little brother, really. Um, so it was really fun to share that moment with him mm. and, and share the moment with the guys. Uh, they're the best. Okay, let's talk about the final. So you've already played five games in like two and a half days. It's just crazy. Then you get to play Minnesota, and they score 45 seconds in. What's the mindset at that point, Tice? You're down in the national championship game early. It was a new feeling. Mm. Um, I mean, we'd only been down in my career minimal i don't know twice and to be down on the in first two games period since i've been playing oh yeah, yeah. okay and wow to to just kind of have to reset because at that point you're almost starting the game down one to zero in the national championship game it wasn't like any of our previous games where we were winning three four five six zero but i mean we just had to trust in ourselves had to trust in the guys mm. had to trust in our our coaches as well and we knew that we had enough time to, to get one goal. And I knew as soon as we got one goal, we were going to get two. Okay, so. when was the, the tying goal? When did that happen? That was like 10 <laughs> minutes left in the game. Yeah, okay, 10 minutes, minutes left. Yeah. Eric Morris, who had an incredible free kick in yes, this tournament as well awesome. that we saw. He was, he was fantastic. From you, Ben. Tut, walk us through this one. Yeah. Okay. So what would you, you see? Well, we had Penny come down the line. And it was kind of funny, our, our coach was talking to him afterwards, and he was like, why is our center back running all the way down the line, just like kind of grumbling? And then he's like, I'm glad you guys don't listen to me. Um, that's, that's what our producer says as well. Uh, but played it across, I had a good touch and popped it over one guy's leg and then just played it back post and hoped Eric was there, and he was. So. Okay, eight minutes later, it's tied 1-1, two minutes left. Tyce, you're getting a smile on your face. Yeah, are you feeling pressure at this <laughs> you, moment? You two connect, right, for the game winner. Okay, what, okay walk us through, Tyce, what you saw and the ball that you got from uh, Ben here for the game winner. So I actually didn't see it clearly because it was from a corner kick. It went through three different people. And then it just kind of popped to me. I knew I had to get to it first. I was inside the box and... At that point, just put it on frame, and I knew it was going to go in. Just a rocket off your right foot. And, Ben, you d this was all by design, to find Tice across the middle of the face of the uh, team. It wasn't to find Tice, <laughs> uh, but I was playing it low. I meant to hit the first person, went through him, went through the second, and then couldn't have landed at a better person's foot. So Wow, I'll say. And that wins the national title, baby. Okay, Tice, you're a Midwest guy. You're from Indiana. Yeah. So to beat a team like Minnesota, does that carry some added weight? Um, it's fun. It's fun because I, all my <laughs> life I've found myself rooting for the Big Ten teams. Sure. And the Big Ten had five, six teams in the national tournament. And, I mean, we had to go through a couple of them to get to the championship. So it just kind of felt right. And it kind of felt like it was that time to, to kind of leave the Big Ten behind from my childhood mm -hmm. 
and then say, okay, no, this is BYU. Let me go do it. This is where I'm at now. This is where my heart is. And, and so it was a little extra special to, to put Minnesota away like that. Rutgers, Ohio State were part of your path, I'm trying yeah. to remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Okay. So um, how tired were you guys? <laughs> After that, because it's six <laughs> games in three days. Are you are you like twenty two deep, or are you like nope? Everybody, the starters, same starters every game. How has it been? Um, we generally start the game with the starters and then pull them out as as we go. But everyone's putting their hundred percent effort on the field every time they're in. So after each game, you're sore. You got knocks, uh, get kicked in the leg and the ankle, and so you're doing ice baths, you're doing compression boots, you're taking a nap, and you're exhausted the entire week. I'm sure. Hey, anybody go five forty? I don't think so. Yeah. Also, okay, I was going to say, that's crazy if you do. All 540 <laughs> minutes? All 540 minutes, no way. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Was there ever panic or frustration that was setting in during the national championship game? Because clearly you feel like we're the better team, and we're just not having the breakthrough. So what, what kind of mentality are you taking into the 80th minute when you're still trailing? Like, is there panic there? Um, yeah, there's a little bit of panic, a lot of weight on your shoulders because – you know, we're expected to win. Uh, we're the defending national champion, two-time defending national champions. Um, but luckily, our coaches prepared us for this. Like, during the whole last week of practice, we were always two teams against each other. It was, you're down a goal, down a man. You're down two goals. How are you going to get back into the game? And that's how we practice. We practice like we played. And it showed and it paid off in the tournament in yeah. the final. And same question for you, Tice. Like, are you nervous in that moment? I think we had encouraging moments during the game where we knew one was coming. And it was slow. It wasn't right away. It took us a while to bounce back after they scored on us. But I know that I hit the crossbar on a similar shot to the one that I was able to finish later in the game. We had a free kick that hit the crossbar. So there were those little small victories that were like, okay, it's coming. Just, just keep playing. Just keep fighting. And at that point, my body's numb. Adrenaline's kicked in. I can't really feel anything. All I'm thinking about is, let me play with my guys. Let's, let's just get one chance. And it just kind of came chance after chance. And, and, and we knew one, one was going to go in. And, yeah. and it did. But it, it is a marathon. And it did take a lot of patience. But exactly to what Ben said. And we worked on that for the full last week. Maybe even two weeks before that moment came. And so we knew what to do. Ah, incredible stuff. National champions once again. Now it's just a matter of figuring out what you're going to do next. Win another national championship? Hey, why not? There you go. Tice Call, Ben Fankhauser, thanks for coming in and uh, hanging out with some BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, thanks Congrats, for having guys. us. That's awesome, man. Okay, uh, let BYU basketball and Greg Bell take you to the Bahamas tomorrow afternoon, 4 Eastern on BYU Radio's Cougars take on USC. And up next, the top five home games for BYU football in the Independence era. It's winding down as they push on to Stanford. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Programs on demand, download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps and subscribe rate and movie. It is Top 5 Tuesday and we have focused in on the top five home games for BYU football in the 12 seasons of independence. 
because it's final now. No more home games in Independence. Big 12 home games next year. Let's start us off at number five, Jerem. BYU beats number nine, Baylor, 26-20 in double OT. This season, BYU's first top 10 win at home since Miami 1990, I believe just two all-time. Fifth top 10 win in program history. By the way, two of those have happened in the Satake era. And who can forget Chase Roberts to Jaron Hall for the touchdown. Chase Roberts more passing touchdowns than any backup BYU quarterback. Crazy. <laughs> number four. Cycle back to 2015 following the Hail Mary against Nebraska. BYU upsets number 20 Boise State 35-24. The Cougars improved to 2-0. Tanner Mangum over 300 yards, 172 of those going to Mitchell Jurgens, who had, of course, the star man moment. Two touchdown catches and then Kai Nakua sealing the deal with just an explosive Lavelle Edwards Stadium going bonkers. He sailed the deal. Number three, USC in 2019. Zach Wilson was fantastic in this game. Threw for 280 yards, managed the game well. This game went to, oh, Dax, Dax Milne, young Dax Milne. Mm -hmm. This game went to overtime where the Cougars made a field goal. Then Diane Gonwoloku ends up getting an interception. And BYU ends up winning the game. USC ties it late. And then OT, BYU gets field goal. Then this pick by Diane, and boom goes the dynamite. To number two. Taysom over Texas. The Cougars hosting the 15th ranked Longhorns. Taysom Hill ran for 259 <laughs> yards in this game. Three touchdowns. Yeah, it was a horns down moment for Texas in Provo. Just going for his ankles, just jumping. Pull, pull the CK. 40 to 21, BYU routing. Texas that night. And number one, top dog goes to BYU streak snapping win against Utah last year. BYU never trailed in this game. Jaron Hall threw for three touchdowns, including that one to Neil Pau. This one to Samson Nakua right before the half. Defense forced two turnovers. BYU beat number 21 Utah 26-17 the day after accepting the Big 12 invite. Oh, the rapture moment. Let's right? go. Our question of the day, who's on your Mount Rushmore of BYU receivers and is Puka Nakua on that list? Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX, Healthcare Elevated. Um, and it goes to Kevin Riedler on Facebook who says, Austin Colley, Cody Hoffman, Gordon Hudson, yes, a tight end, and Puka. If we're doing straight, like who's receiving, then yeah, sure. Wow, some love for Puka there. Okay, today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Heather Knighting and the seniors. We don't know who's coming back besides Heather, but this is her final home match. Thanks to all of today's guests. Sorry, Dennis, no time. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Chris Watkins once again. We'll see you on uh, After Further Review and for BYU Football with head coach Kalani Satake tonight, a double feature on the BYU TV app. Go Cougs. Mike Chronister!